from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Here we are, ready for a laugh box and for a new year, 2019. It's here. Woo! I'm stoked because I am going to the AETH conference, Chicago, the 4th through the 7th of April. Yeah, and you can too. All you have to do is go to AATH.org, get signed up, make an investment in yourself. Now this week on the show, we're talking testicles. Yeah, a touchy subject, and we're talking about it with Justin Burkbickler. He's a young man that got diagnosed with testicular cancer and has made it his life's mission to educate other people using humor to remove the stigma so they are more apt to go out there and get checked out. I know you're really going to enjoy the interview, so sit back and enjoy. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Laugh Box, the official podcast of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And today, I get to talk to Justin Burke Bickler. Cool guy. We're talking about, well, we're talking about a subject that people don't talk about enough, a little bit about men's health, but a little bit about uh, testicles, which is fun to say because I'm a guy. Anyway, hey, welcome welcome to the show, my friend. I'm glad to be here in this. I'm excited to talk about my two favorite topics in the world, men's health and uh, testicles. <laughs> oh, that's just, uh, that's awesome. So for our listeners, you give them like the 411 on Justin. Yeah, so um, there are kind of two sides to Justin. Number one side is the side from, you know, 2013 through 2016, where I uh, was a fourth grade teacher in various different public schools throughout the state of Virginia. And I really, really enjoyed what I did. Um, and then, so there's, you know, if, if we were having this discussion, uh, you know, two years ago, we'd probably be talking about how I used humor and just engaging resources and tech um, and different te- forms of technology in my classroom. But we are here in 2018 talking about, uh, testicles, which are generally something we don't talk about with fourth graders, uh, you know, provided you want to keep a job. Um, <laughs> true, true. So we, uh, so in 2016, I was uh, diagnosed with testicular cancer, and it really changed my life um, for the better in in many ways. But I went through chemotherapy for about 10 weeks. And um, since I went through that and while I was going through it, and to this day, I've been a big proponent of talking about uh, testicles and early detection and just men's health in general. And for the record, we're going to talk a lot about testicles here over however long we're talking. And I do want to put it on the record that I am straight and I am married to a woman. Um, but <laughs> based, based on how much we're going to talk about balls, that might not be uh, immediately evident. It's all good. All good. And, and so I want to, you know, get the backstory on, you know, the, you know, your your journey and everything before we get started i'm just going to ask like a random question just get our conversational juices flowing so what is 
Justin's go-to jam. I mean, like the one song, like, you know, you're having a bad day. Like for me, I throw a little Bruce Springsteen because I'm an 80s guy. But what is your go-to jam? This is like, you throw it in there. You're like, whoa, it's party time. Oh, well, that that question is not going to help my case in proving that I'm married to a woman. Um, but my uh, my go-to jam is going to have to be from uh, Tay-Tay, little Taylor Swift, Shake It Off. Um, and I know that's probably not the most masculine song, um, but I will say that The Rock did a cover of it on uh, Lip Sync that Battle. And I'd be hard-pressed to find someone who is more of the eponymous man than The Rock, but Shake It Off. Is that probably is, my go-to. That is, that is awesome. I would never guess in a million years that it was a Taylor Swift song, but um, there you go. All right. So yeah, most most people don't guess that, but you know, I'm a game <laughs> hey, changer. That you are a game changer, absolutely. So let's get that the a little bit of the backstory. I mean, because one, I love the name of your business, um, a ballsy sense of tumor. That is a, a like a a great name uh, for you know, add a little bit of humor to a serious subject. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, you know, so you said, you know, 2016, I mean, what, what led you to, were you feeling bad? I mean, what was going on that you, you know, like, Hey, I need to go to the doctor. Yeah. So that's actually kind of the most terrifying part of this whole journey is I wasn't feeling bad at all. Um, I really had no medical issues. Uh, I was 25 at the time and I, I pretty much went through life without having any sort of major medical things. Like I'm colorblind, but you know, there's nothing they can really do about that. And I had scoliosis growing up, but apparently it was just my back was growing faster than the rest of my body, which I didn't know that could happen. Um, but overall I had really no health problems and in like to, and to really underscore that issue in um, August of 2016, I had done a, Spartan run, which is like a 5k obstacle course. And I had completed it. I'm not going to say I completed it well, but Mm -hmm. I I did complete it. Um, And so I I didn't feel bad or anything. I just happened to be doing a self exam in the shower. um, Because that's one thing uh, that my doctors really reinforced from the time I entered my teenage years up through, uh, you know, my adult life um, to do self exams. And I felt that there was kind of a P-shaped lump on my left testicle towards the bottom. And I didn't recall anything being there in September, uh, the month pre- previously, because mm-hmm. this is not now October. Um, and so I, I, I knew that it was kind of a concern. And so I kind of let it go for a couple of days. And then I did another self-exam, like literally less than a week later. And the lump had felt bigger. And it also felt like there was another area of concern. And the best way for me to describe what it felt like is if you know, you know, the movie Alien, um, if you imagine like the face hugger alien, it uh-huh. kind of felt like there was another area that was face hugging, but not my face. It was my testicle, which is more terrifying. <laughs> that is um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. That is terrifying. I'm just going to tell you as, as, as another man talking to a man, that is, that is a terrifying image you, that you, <laughs> you just threw up there. That is terrifying. Yeah. So um, as soon as, you know, I was, I I figured there were two courses of action here. I could call Sigourney Weaver and see if she would come out of retirement and, you know, fight the alien that had taken over my testicle, or I could call a doctor and, you know, uh, it was easier to call a doctor at that point than try to track down Sigourney Weaver. Um, So yeah, I I called a, 
I called a doctor. Um, and that was, that was a really fun phone call because I had just moved in Virginia. So I didn't even have a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. yet. So not only did I have to find a doctor, I also had to be like, Hey, um, I want to come in for a phone call or not. A, uh, I want to come in for an appointment, but I'm also going to need you to grab my balls on the first time we meet. Is that cool? Um, that was a really bad time to call a wrong number. Um, Pizza Hut <laughs> no longer returns my phone calls. Um, but, you know, eventually I found the right number and I, I you know, I, I did get to the doctor. So um, since then, I mean, I know that you're a big proponent for, you know, men's health, but you've been, you know, um, how, how do you go out and spread the news on, you know, what, you know, your journey and what people should do? So I know men, especially men in their 20s and really any man from like their teenage up to, you know, their 100 years old, don't really want to open up and talk about their health too often. And this isn't even just me spouting this. The the Cleveland Clinic has been doing annual surveys over the past three years um, about different statistics, how men are so guarded with their health and something like 53% of men won't talk about their health with anybody uh 60 of guys won't go to the doctor unless they're like on their deathbeds and so there's obviously a big need but at the same time guys guys don't want lectures um i I know i personally don't want lectures so what i do is i approach it with a a sense of humor or in my case a ballsy sense of tumor Mm -hmm. um and so my my big go-to line i say you know i no longer have two testicles but I do have a new perfect pair, humor and education. And so I kind of <laughs> lead with a pun or some sort of witty. It took you a second, but you got it. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I lead with like a pun or some sort of witty remark and it gets the guys laughing a little bit. And then I follow it up with, Hey, you, you know, yeah, that is funny, but you do need to be aware of your risks. Um, and here's how to do early detection. And then I leave it at that. It doesn't have to be, you know, a five hour webinar, um, just making the guys aware of what can happen. <laughs> I can just imagine a five hour webinar. These are your testicles. And then, you know, it's like really dry. <laughs> that would be, um, that would be, that would be horrible. That would be a horrible webinar. This okay. is going, your left testicle. <laughs> this is your right. Now going back to, um, the, because I understand that, you know, after you know, 22 years in the Navy, my medical record was paper thin because I never went to the doctor ever. Um, you know, what, what keeps men from, you know, going or talking about their health? Because it seems to be like, I know November is, is it uh, Movember where it's, you know, men's health, where they try to like, you know, promote men's, you know, uh, uh, health awareness. You know, what is it about that? Is there a stigma you think that's attached to showing that you're human? I, it's, it's so odd to me. Yeah. And I, I think that's what it is. I think it's, you know, it's, I think it's both a societal problem and then also a, a male problem in general is that from, you know, early on we are the thought of like a quintessential man is like a strong stoic provides for the family tough things out. I mean, you think of the action heroes from the seventies or eighties or even going back like the Hollywood leading men in the forties and the fifties, you know, they, they necessarily didn't talk about that stuff or talk about their feelings or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's still what we kind of 
hold up as our gold standard. And earlier when I was talking about Taylor Swift and, and The Rock, I, I chose The Rock very specifically because we do, you know, he, he is a big bear of a man. He's, I, I assume he's like 20 feet tall. I've never met right. him in person. Um, but what, what I think actually makes him infinitely more masculine and more of a man is he's opened up about his struggles with mental health um, before. And so I, I think that's showing a shift in the right direction that a, a person who for all intents and purposes is this generation's Arnold Schwarzenegger who, you know, you go back to the eighties and nineties, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the prototypical man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, I think the rock is the two thousands to the two thousand tens version, but he's not just muscles. He's, he's also, he's talking about real issues. And I think it's going to take, I think it just takes more guys talking about their health. Um, to realize that it is okay, but I, I do believe there is still a very large stigma about it. Um, and I, I, I think it's just you know progress is slow in a lot of things. If we've been conditioned to think this, you know, for the past two hundred years or what have you, it's not going to change overnight. But I think small steps in the right direction are what we need. Right, especially thinking about uh, talking about uh, you know a man's undercarriage. That's not something that we we uh, really talk about in circles very much. You know, it's just so, you know, getting rid of some of that stigma, you know, maybe at an earlier age, you know, like you, you made that joke, like you don't talk about testicles with fourth graders if you want to keep your job. That's pretty funny. But um, certainly there should be some kind of conversation, you know, in the ho- in houses as far as, you know, hey, these, these are health issues you should think about. And, you know, it was funny when you were talking, I was thinking like what would be a great, uh, a great campaign would be, you know, like having Batman, you know, um, do a testicular self-exam to show kids. <laughs> that would be, that would be funny. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. And like, I, I mean, honestly, I, I do totally advocate once the kids get into high school, uh, I think it is a conversation that does need to happen in the schools and definitely in the homes. That's a project I worked on with the department of education within my state of Virginia. Um, we produced a video for use in high schools um, about testicular cancer. And it's, it's, it's like a, I, it, it was a project I'm really proud of because I made it in collaboration with the state, but it was filmed and produced by high school students. And it was also written in, uh, conjunction with a, a high school student who was a uh, testicular or is still a testicular cancer survivor, and then I got input from high school students on what they would want, and obviously I had to marry that all together through the lens of it was approved by the state, so it had to be, you know, clean. Um, but I also I, I think it's and it's it's like a ten minute video, it's, you know, it's it's definitely still not a five hour webinar, right? Um, but but I I think those conversations do need to be had. Um, me, you know, I would, I'm, I'm no longer teaching fourth grade. I'm now teaching teachers about technology and I wouldn't necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily the most appropriate thing to be talking about with fourth graders. Right. But I think, I think absolutely in high school, it's something that does need to be talked about. So that's, uh, that's cool. So you tell me a little about, is there a storyline in the video? And it, uh, what first, is it on YouTube? Cause it's on YouTube. We'll put it in the show notes so other people can see it. Um, but is there like yeah. a storyline? I mean, you know, what, what, how does it, how does the video go? Yeah. So, um, first and foremost, it, it has its own website. It's testicular cancer, 101.org. 
and there's a embedded YouTube video there. And then there's also a direct download link um, from a Google Drive file. But the, the storyline kind of, um, it opens with just a couple multiple choice questions about uh, testicular cancer and it provides the answer. And then it, it gives directions for the teacher to pause the video so the class can kind of discuss it. And then I go into sharing a little bit of my personal story. And then I, I segue into saying, you know, I'm in my 20s, so you in high school might not think you're at risk. And then I allow Grant um, to share his story. And Grant was a, a high school junior when he was diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. Wow. So he shares his story. Yeah. And it's, he does an incredible job um, with his, he, he lives in Tennessee, so he remotely filmed and we just spliced it all together. Um, and then from there, I just share a little bit more about risk factors and what to look for. There's a, um, there's kind of a cartoon narration of how to do a self exam. So, you know, I don't take off my pants at any point in the video, if you're worried about that. Um, and then uh, it just kind of ends with a call to action that, that, that was, that was honestly my biggest fear in producing this video. I was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to show this self-exam without right. showing the self. -exam. So I ended up, I commissioned a graphic artist to make me um, kind of animation about it. Like, yeah, the health, uh, you know, in health class in high school, when they show how to put a condom on with a banana, you know, it's really, right. it's really not the same thing. There means it's not the same thing at all. <laughs> yeah, so that was, you know, they're 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 tasteful, they're tasteful uh, animations. But there's 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 that's it's not star. I'm just the voice. I'm not the model in that section. But do you know um, what, are, uh, what are you know some of the um, statistics nationwide on um, uh, occurrences of uh, testicular cancer? I mean, do you do you know those? I mean, I can Google them. I just yeah, know if you know them. No, I, I, yeah, I know them off the top of my head um, because. I like talking about testicles, mainly. Um, so <laughs> I know it's these are these are the things that keep me up at night. Um, so in 2018, which we're pretty much at the end of, so uh, in the beginning of the year, they had the American Cancer Society estimated that there would be about 9,000 uh, new cases of testicular cancer in the United States. It um, it varies throughout it. Uh, other countries, I've never seen a concrete worldwide statistic. Mm -hmm. um, about one in about one in every 250 guys will develop testicular cancer at some point in their life, with 50% of those cases occurring in guys between 15 and 44. Uh, so it's it's definitely a young man's cancer, um, but it's 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 actually the most common cancer in young men. Um, it's not the common most common cancer in men in general, but for young men, it's the most common cancer. But it's because it's less than 10,000 cases per year, it's still uh, considered a uh, a rare cancer. But it is, while it does, those are all kind of scary statistics. It is it is a very curable cancer. Um, the five year survival rate is across all stages is something like 95 percent. And if it's in stage one, where it's just contained entirely in the testicle, it's like 99.9 percent five-year survival rate mm -hmm. um so it's it's a very aggressive cancer and cancer sounds scary no matter what but the prognosis um and is pretty good the incident rate it has been increasing over the past couple of decades um probably the, one of the most frustrating things with testicular cancer is there is 
A, no real risk factors, or uh, not risk factors, cause, causes. Um, it's not genetic necessarily. It's not environmental. It's just just kind of bad luck. Um, and there's no way to prevent it. You can, uh, like a self-exam isn't going to prevent testicular cancer, but it will help you catch it earlier, mm-hmm. um, which then prevents, you know, increases your likelihood of survival and also more importantly, reduces the need for further treatment. Now, when you were going through your chemo and, you know, like you said, you were young and I didn't realize it was a young man's um, cancer. I had no idea. Um, I, I always think of cancer being an older person um, uh, disease and that's really not the case. It's just my mindset. Um, it, uh, so how did humor work for you? Cause I imagine like some, you know, you go to the doctor, like you're new to this, you said you're new to the city, you know, you, you know, you go to see the doctor. I mean, so like, how did you employ humor in your own recovery to help you cope? Yeah. So humor was such a big part of, um, how I coped. It was one thing that I, I had, um, 21 infusions total over 10 weeks, which is a lot of infusions in a very short amount of time. Um, and one thing that I did was I wore wacky pajama pants to every single, um, infusion. And it was, that was a more of a visual type of humor, but you know, you, I was by far the youngest person in the infusion center up until there happened to be another guy who was diagnosed with testicular cancer about when I was finishing treatment, he was just starting treatment. Um, and so then he ended up becoming the, the youngest one. And I was like, dude, that was my, that was my claim to fame here. Kind of rude. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll let him have that one. You don't um, rub another man's rhubarb. I know, you know, I was, I was carving out a nice niche for myself, but you know, just, just making jokes here and there, um, as much as I could. And I mean, even my, my main chemo nurse even, uh, noted that they gave me like a congratulations card at the end of chemo. And she said, like, even when you were throwing up, you were still cracking jokes. And that was very true. There was, there was one time during chemo where I was quite literally throwing up for five days straight, which I don't recommend that for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, I was, I was there. Um, and, you know, I walked into the, uh, the infusion center for some anti-nausea medicine and they, in, they put it in my IV and everything. And then probably two seconds after I finished that bag, I threw up and I was like, nurse, I'll think I'll, I think I'll have another because this one didn't work. Um, and so it was, it was all that kind of stuff is, is really what helped me get through as much as, you know, I can't underscore enough how much the medical treatment is obviously what helped keep me alive. But I think what kept, kept my spirit alive was making the best of a crappy situation. Right now, you know, since you're out there and you're kind of, um, I would say, I don't want to say the spokesperson for the community, but certainly you've met probably a lot more, a lot of other people that have gone through the same thing. Is there a, a common, you know, sense of humor or uh, joke base that, you know, you guys, you know, people that have gone through this have like, you know, like you, yeah. see, you see all the time, like, you know, different people, you know, that have like, you know, you see t-shirts online or whatever. I didn't know if there was, you know, something within your community, things that are just, just funny to you. Yeah, I think um, 
I think within the testicular cancer community, those of us who are open about our journey and everything, I think there is such a strong shared sense of humor um, because let's be honest, testicles and balls and nuts or whatever you want to call it. They are funny. I mean, they're a, they're funny looking like they're just two things in this dangly sack of skin. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also, it also lends itself to a lot of puns and, so um, one of my good friends in the testicular cancer space, his name's Kyle Smith. Um, he'd be a great guest for you as well. Um, he he um, he runs a YouTube channel called Check 15. And they do monthly cancer awareness uh, PSAs every month about, they focus on breast, testicular, and skin cancer, but he does it with a healthy sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And um, one of, I think one of the th- funniest um one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard him tell and feel free to cut this cause it's a little off color, but I'm no, going to say fine. it anyways. Um, he says, uh, he's like, you know, a lot of people often ask me, what's it like having one less testicle? And he, and he says, well, I always say just leaves me a little bit more room for my giant dick. <laughs> um, so it's, it's all, it's all that kind of stuff. Um, that's def- that's I, definitely guy humor there. I mean, that's definitely guy humor. That's uh, yeah, it's that's awesome. Totally is. You should you should totally connect with him because he is he is he's not as funny as me. I'm still the funniest person with one ball, but he's he's a close second. <laughs> that's, that should be your tagline. I'm the funniest guy with one ball. That, uh, <laughs> that is well, awesome. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, we we actually got to meet. We we met on social media um, around the same time I was diagnosed, and then. We actually met face to face about a year and a half after my diagnosis. And the first, um, the first thing when we saw each other, he's like, "So I got to ask." And I was like, "I think I know where you're going with this." And he's like, "I think you do too." And he looked at me and he's like, "Did they take your right or your left?" <laughs> and they they took my left and they took his right. So every time we took a picture, we made sure we were standing on the correct side. Um, <laughs> so if you see pictures of us online. We are always positioned the same exact way because we don't want to cross the streams there. There you go. That's, that's hilarious. Now, um, is there a, um, a testicular cancer month? Is there a color associated with it? You know, so like with uh, breast cancer, it's Octo- um, I think it's October and uh, pink. I mean, you know, what's, what, uh, what, what's up? Yeah, with- so testicular cancer month is April. Um, oh. so it's coming up here in a couple months, um, which also coincides with humor month. Yes. Um, and then, uh, the, the color I've seen two different things on what the color is. I've seen, uh, the, that purple is the main color, uh, mm-hmm. because testicle, uh, testicles come from like Latin orchid and orchids are purple. So that's how they came up with purple. But then there's, also, a lot of people who are like, well, purple is not the most masculine color in the world. Why are we making a male cancer purple? So mm-hmm. then a lot of some foundations are like, well, we're going to just make it like a blue. Um, me personally, I just on all my uh, my organization's stuff, I just use a gradient from blue to purple. So it covers <laughs> everything. Um, so, yeah, those are so April and then blue or purple. Or I guess since you can just change whatever color, you could like make it green. For all or you could just get, you could have just a fuzz a fuzzy ribbon. It didn't have to be a color. It could just be a fu- it could just be a fuzzy ribbon. Poke it up. There Official you go. Official color. Put it, put it now. 
<laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Now, you know, going back, have you always had like a pretty good sense of humor? You know, growing up, do you come from a funny family? I mean, it, like for me, I, my, my dad was hilarious. My brothers are funny. Like in our family, you had to be funny to survive. Otherwise you were going to get the, you know, help beat idea. I mean, that just, it was our, our survival mechanism. You know, what, what was, yeah, that, that's how it is. Um, my dad and I both have very similar, um, senses of humor, very dry humor, very sarcastic, a lot of plays on words, very quick. Um, my brother, my brother's pretty fu- funny too. Um, unfortunately in his case, uh, that's related to his looks more than his, uh, sense of humor. You only um, said that because now what you're going to do, because if it was like with my brother, I would say that on the air and then I would tell him, Hey, you got to listen to this podcast. I gave you a shout out. And so you'll be listening. <laughs> that's what you're going to do, isn't it? Cause that's such a brother thing. That, that's, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, so, so for instance, um, my dad, I've, I've wanted a chainsaw for, I don't know how long. So i um, pretty much ever since I bought a home and we've had, and I put in a fire pit into my backyard, I've wanted a chainsaw. So if a tree comes down, I can cut it, cut it down to logs and split it. But even though I'm 27 years old, my parents who don't live with me and technically have no legal right over me still say that I'm not, I'm not responsible enough to have a chainsaw. They may or may not be correct, but you know, I don't know why that's the decision. Um, so for, for my birthday, this, past uh summer um i opened up a box and there was a handsaw wrapped with a chain and my dad's like well i know you wanted a chainsaw so i got you a chainsaw (laughs) thanks dad that's hilarious i know well and then i was really expecting him to be like okay that's the joke now here's your actual chainsaw but no it's it's december and i still don't have a chainsaw (laughs) well you can go just buy one I mean, I'm just throwing that I out. I know, but point. it's, I know, it's the principle <laughs> of the matter at this point. I, I've got a couple. You come to my house, I'll let you use mine. That's fine. I was just, oh. I actually literally spent, you know, two hours yesterday splitting wood and cutting wood, you know, to uh, throw, because we heat the house uh, part of the winter with uh, wood. And I really feel my age today. I, I woke up this morning feeling like somebody beat the hell out of me while I was sleeping. But anyway, now I really enjoyed talking to you. Really, uh, gave me a better awareness of um, testicular cancer and, you know, so many things that I didn't realize were the case. Um, And I want to make sure that um, I put that uh, uh, link, that video link in in the show notes, because I think it'll be a great resource for people because a lot of people don't know how to do a self-exam. And I think that's, you know, a good thing to, um, to know how to do. Um, Now, if after today people want to connect with you, they want to find out more about a balsy sense of tumor, where do you want them to go? Um, so if they want to find out more about me, uh, they can go to a ballsy sense of tumor.com and it's important to make sure that it's a sense of tumor. Cause I think a ballsy sense of humor.com goes somewhere else and I cannot be held liable for what you might find at that website. Um, but then you have to, you have to, erase, a, your, you have to erase your browser history after go to that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we, we are not responsible for whatever might pop up on your screen. Um, you uh, on Instagram, which is probably the social media channel I'm most active on. Um, it's a ballsy sense of tumor, just all one word. On Facebook, it's also a ballsy sense of tumor, and on um, Twitter, it's absot a b s o t, 
and then TC after that as well. So Absot TC, because the ballsy sense of tumor was one character too long for uh, Twitter, because I didn't check that before I started making all the different things. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate you know you sharing your journey and sharing your sense of humor with us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to getting the ball rolling on more conversations. Awesome. There you go. Great interview, wasn't it? Tell you what, I love real applied and therapeutic humor. People that are just, you know, out there doing doing the humor work each and every day. Thank you, Justin, for sharing your journey with us and how you apply humor. Now, I want to encourage you to go to the AATH website, aath.org. You know, get signed up for the conference. Make that investment yourself. Make 2019 the best year it could possibly be. So until next time, this is Chip Lutz saying, we'll keep the laugh on for you. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.